This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cream sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. I know you should escape my sight, but those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern lies. But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cross the Airways DC Nation podcast, the only place so far on the internet to hopefully continue finding podcast reviews on Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, and all of the other imaginative content DC Comics provides for its fans, including comic books, Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11, and movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host, and the with me is the most infamous of our Across the Airways core, our very own... Michael J. Petty. And Michael, what are we doing on this episode? We're going to mix things up a bit today because of our favorite shows being on hiatus. So tell everyone what's going on. Well, coming off of our interview with Mark Guggenheim on the Arrow podcast, check that out. Yes. <laughs> We will be reviewing the next chapter, chapter 20 of Brian Q. Miller's Smallville Season 11 with Detective Part 8. Yes, we're starting the show out with Smallville, which is yes, different. Because we're ending with a bang as Dan and I watch and review Batman, Mask of the Phantasm in commentary format. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. It's that epic. It is. A lot yes. of Batman this episode. Yes, there's a whole lot of Batman going on. We can't episode get it. Episode title? Oh, oh, oh. No, I like your other episode title better. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good, too. I guess it'll be a surprise what title we go with, folks. Yes. So keep an eye out for that. All right, so let's get cracking into Smallville, where there's a whole lot of Batman going on, as I said. Superman and Batman's first run-in with the prankster Mr. Freeze has ended in near disaster. The authorities close in on the Dark Knight as he races against time to save Clark's life. This looks like a job for the Batmobile. Not Superman? What? No, no. Superman's, like, dying. That's, that's true. That's true. That's not good. And, and Lex is sleepwalking. Among other things. Yes. Apparently slapping Otis is one of them. And, and apparently he he's into booty calls. With Oliver Queen. Oh, yeah. Hey. As we saw the first panel. <laughs> I, I do love. Um, I do love Oliver's line after that, though, because he goes, "If it is, then we both have a severe misunderstanding of pop culture." I would have been like, "So, Lex, when you came back from the dead, does that mean you also came out of the closet?" What? That would have been my response. <laughs> Because that's like the third time he's done something kind of fruity. So, hey, interesting. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that that's where we're going to go, but okay. 
All right. So anyway, back to Oliver. Back to people who seem to Matter. know where they stand on things. <laughs> yes. Key's uh, talking with Chloe, and they're a little bit nervous because they haven't heard from Clark. Normal Smallville situation, of course. Yep. God, I love it how they're keeping Lex on the line to find out what's going on, and Lex is kind of not realizing what they're doing. As yeah. usual. Well, because they're trying to hack into a satellite yep. to access um, the location of Superman. Nothing new there. No. Nope. And I, I love I love Chloe when she goes, got it, and her, hair, <laughs> or, and her arm goes up in the air. That's awesome. Yes. And the LexCorp logo keeps changing like every other chapter. Yeah, I know. She's like, I hacked Lex again. Yay. <laughs> she She's the one who got, does it. She keeps changing the logo. Yes, right. Exactly. That's, every time she hacks it. Got you again, <laughs> Lex. <laughs> and then they hang up. After Oliver kind of delivers the bomb, that pretty much Tess is the one who's doing things while he's asleep. Well, Oliver doesn't know that, but Lex connects it. And with that, I see a cutaway to Lex in the bathroom mirror trying to sing Doobie-Doo. <laughs> from that, that what fortune, wasn't it? Yeah. Where she sings. How do we do? So now it's like, that's what she does when she's sleepwalking with Lex. She hacks on the computer, does a little Facebook with do Oliver. Do. And then Lex starts saying, how do we do? That needs to be in the next chapter or the next few chapters or somewhere. She's just doing things to mess with him at night. <laughs> she starts... look weird. <laughs> She starts moving his wigs and yes, <laughs> play with his swords. Okay, my question is: if Lex cloned all the body parts and put himself back together from beyond the grave, yes, how did he not get his hair back? I don't know. It wasn't in the budget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I, I add know. an extra fifty cents to get my red hair back? No, too much. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> but that's fine. In the comics, when he did that, he got his long Lionel mane back. Yes, he did. He even grew a beard, too. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to look like that. I don't know. But he decided bald is beautiful now. Well, it is on him. Yes. So they find that Superman is in the middle of the slums and he's down. Yes. And Chloe has her dun da dun dun face on, according to Oliver. Yes. Which I thought was a good lie. And we could all see them saying that on screen. Yes. So it's awesome. And there, there's a really good drawing of Chloe on the last page. It looks like Allison Mack, which is interesting. Which is good because that's we've been missing that. Yes, we have been. And then Lois is still dressed to kill for some reason. And apparently it worked, that outfit worked a lot better on Toy Man than the FBI because <laughs> they will not let her in Joe Chill's safe house. No. At all. And then we see inside the safe house like there are a bunch of cops dead either in ice or by pranksters. They just bow. need to use a bat laser to thaw them out, right? 
I'd think, but no, because yeah. it's only 10 minutes, remember? 10 minutes is the limit. So if they've yeah. been in there longer than 10 minutes, they're gone. But they can't be because Batman gets out. Yes. Because he's Batman. He always gets out. Yeah, after freezing Prankster leave, Batman does get out. And he goes after Chill. And he finds that they already have killed Chill. And this makes the dynamic between Mr. Freeze and Batman in this universe a whole new ball game. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is... this is. Do you know what it kind of reminded me of? Was the episode of the fourth season of Batman Animated Series when they came back with the new Batman Adventures. Yeah. Uh, when Mr. Freeze was taking things away from people that meant the most to them. Oh, yeah. This kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, actually. And I love the comparison between the Joe skull that is in yes. ice in the ground compared to his face when he shot his parents. That mm-hmm. was very, very interesting. Well, it's very different because, I mean, he's terrified at one point and he's merciless in the other. Well, and this is just an interesting way of Brian to make one of Batman's villains turn things personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone says, well, the way to make things personal with Batman is, you know, the death of a Robin. But or taking, killing a parent. <laughs> right, or killing a parent, but taking away you know, his opportunity to get revenge, that's pretty nasty, too. The only that's thing is... dynamic, yeah. The only thing with that is, I just recently watched a YouTube video that DC Comics put out called Batman 101, and they did it at uh, the New York Comic Con, and a bunch of the Batman writers, the current ones, Scott Snyder included, were talking about what makes Batman. And the, the thing that was interesting that they said it was, he's not motivated by revenge, that doesn't matter right. to him because what's done is done. What he is, what motivates him, is other pe- is not wanting other people to have to go through that. And and I think with here with this Smallville season eleven, Batman hasn't reached that epiphany yet, that realization. Okay. Because I know I know he's already established, and, and Smallville has already established the heroes now with this mm-hmm. comic book. But I felt like every time Clark has had an interaction with a new hero, they always have something to learn from him. And oh, I feel absolutely. like that's what Brian's trying to do with Batman here. Is Yes, he is Batman. He's got the costume and he's got everything set up. Unlike Oliver, who you know, still had to find himself you know, back in season six of the show. Yep. I mean, Batman is much more established than that, but he still needed to learn that lesson from Clark that Oliver learned throughout the course of the show as well as the other heroes that they've had on. Mm-hmm. So Batman's established, but he's not quite who he is yet because he needs to have that interaction with Clark. And, and that's what makes the show interesting is the heroes discovering something about themselves. I mean, that's what makes these team-up episodes interesting. So I think that's what Brian was trying to go for here. Which makes sense. So I think at the end of this, you know, Batman's going to realize exactly what you said for being around Clark, that it's not about the vengeance is about making sure other people don't go through the same thing. So I I can I can handle that, yeah. That that was a good pickup there, Michael. I'm glad you noticed that. And thanks to the Batman 101 video as well. For some yeah, of you guys should go watch that because that's actually really good. They yeah. do a great job. And here's another great thing with Brian: this idea of Superman's symbol being a lead plate. 
Yes, which we heard about in Guardian, but it was never really used. Right. And it saved his life here. Yeah, because I think Brian knew he was going to use it at some point. Oh, yeah. But it was cool. And it also kind of was a nice throwback to season three for when he mm-hmm. got shot by kryptonite bullets. Yes. Clark was prepared for that sort of thing. That's pretty cool. Or Only Chloe took was... him, you know, seven years, but. <laughs> yeah, or Chloe thought of it, but, you know, one of the things. And we see Batman calling Nightwing, telling him, basically saying that Superman is going to die unless he gets the bullets out of him. And he's trying. And also, can I say I love that Batman has X-ray vision? Yes. In his mask. It's a lot like the Arkham City game. Yes, it is. Detective mode or whatever. Yep, which is why he might have where he might have gotten that from. Which I've only played a little bit of because I don't own a game system, but it is awesome. <laughs> yes. It is so sweet. Those slugs made it to penetrate his skin. They can't risk anyone pulling them out and finding why. So this Ooh. is probably where he gets his kryptonite ring. Yes. Most likely. Yes, after he gets him out of this. And then Nightwing's like, you can't bring in the hover bat. He's like, send the car. And I, and I just start hearing that music. Dun, 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 dun. See, for me, I heard Batman 89 music. No, I, I just think of that one scene with Commissioner Gordon and Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, with the... Where he's like, we'll get it to my car. And he's like, no, I've got mine. And then he turns on the lights and he comes out. Yes. Gotta get me one of these. And then we see Oliver racing towards Yes. Towards where uh Clark is and He's on a motorcycle. He's like He's on a motorcycle and there's a light from behind him and he goes, You've gotta be kidding me. He's like, and, Wow, I, I'm not the richest guy in the world. <laughs> not for lack of trying, but no. But then we cut back to Su- Superman and Batman, and Superman looks like he's going to die here. Yeah, it's not good. Like this shot. Well, and it needs to be this way. Well, it's a lot like Superman, Batman, Public Enemies yes. to me. Which is probably one of my favorite storylines between Batman and Superman for sure. Yeah, and I got to re- really give Brian props. He knows what stories people like. Yeah. And he's throwing them in here. I really am impressed with that. And then we see the car come through. Yes, we hear the car come through. God, they, I love it how the guy's calling. He's like, okay, go, well, how Nightwing calls him and says, you need to clear a path for an emergency vehicle. He's like, we already have emergency vehicles. Kind of the Batmobile comes up. <laughs> I didn't even surprise his Lois. Yes, because this, okay, and this Batmobile is awesome because it's a combination of like the Tumblr, both versions of the animated series one and the 89 Batman one. Well, I'm surprised she's not like really impressed because you know, her being a fan of monster trucks. Well, she was impressed. She was like, holy crap. Yeah, she's like, holy crap. But I'm surprised she's not like, I want to get in this thing. I'm sure she does. I want to drive <laughs> me one of these. I can hear her going to Clark, like, Clark, can you give me a Batmobile? <laughs> you can steal it. It's no big deal. <clears throat> he has like 50 of them. Just pick it up and fly it away with it. But I love how it crashes right through the wall. Yes. And then he's and then Batman goes Batmobile stop and it stops just like in the movie. Yes, that and that's fun too. And then he just puts Superman in it and drives away. <laughs> it's awesome. And then Lois gets pissed. 
I, I yeah, yes. And, <laughs> and I think Oliver's kind of mad too, you know? Yeah, I'll like, run car. off the road. He's like, all right, Chloe, we're going to buy an arrow car now. Let's and do an it. arrow cave. Yes. And, and I'm going to get a sidekick. And, and Chloe's like, what about me? What am I supposed to be? <laughs> That's true. He's like, I need someone younger. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> Black Canary. <laughs> God. Black Canary is now a sidekick. That's true. Kick him upside the head. She's like, don't call us sidekicks. Bring Mia back. And then Young Justice shows up. That's our line. <laughs> <laughs> they come back from hiatus early. That's our line. Yes. Yes. The cartoon I'd be down like, for that. No, it's not. Not till January. <laughs> and then somebody just should come on and go, boo. No, and then and then Hal and Kilowogger are sitting in the corner. Yeah, just like us. Right. Wow, what what rabbit trail did we just go down? Wow, really far, far. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. And Lois, like, all of a sudden went from, like, wearing what I thought was a dress to wearing pants now. So she could somehow get on that motorcycle. Unless it's, like, just also the, or, one of those dresses that, like, splits. Maybe. Anyhow, it's awesome because Batman drives away the Batmobile. Because Lois gets on a motorcycle and drives after Batman. Yeah, Lois steals a police motorcycle. That's awesome. And that chases just, Batman. Once again, shows you how awesome the Smallville Lois Lane is. Exactly. Because she does cool stuff and likes monster trucks and classic rock and things like that. Everything guys want. Yeah. All She's kind of like the perfect woman for Dean Winchester, if you think about it. But hey. She kind of is, actually. Yeah, I thought about that. I don't know. But, I mean, that's that's the Lois Lane of the new. But, but she's really the perfect you know, woman for Clark Kent. Yes, the, of the new generation, not the new 52. She's not millennium. screaming out of helicopters anymore. No, she's come a long way from that. And <laughs> I will say this, Zack Snyder, take notes here, because people are going to get a little mad if your Lois is wimpy. I have a feeling Amy Adams will be strong. Yes. I think with someone like Henry Cavill, who seems like he's a really strong Superman, I think you'll have to have her be a strong Lois Lane. Yeah, or she can just bust down into music, you know, like in the Muppets movie. That's true. Yes. I'm having a me party. Right. There you I would, go. I, I'd be down for Lois Lane doing that. Got a me party? Yes. Go, okay. Yeah, as long as you don't see Erica Durant do that, I'm okay. Okay. Because that would be weird. That would be weird. So she's on the motorcycle with the cops, and is she going to have a motorcycle race with Oliver? That'd be really cool. Is that coming? That would be good. Drag race. They both try to catch up to the Batmobile. Yeah. Then it does the stealth thing, and it hides. Or it starts flying. Does Lois actually think Batman kidnapped Superman? Yes. Okay. That's what she thinks at this point. She doesn't know. Oh, cause, oh yeah, that's right, because they couldn't really get a... She didn't really take the time to call Oliver and Chloe and be like, is he a bad guy or a good guy? Well, plus, she hasn't really been able to talk to Clark much anyway. Well, yes, because of Mr. Lux. Mm-hmm. And his philosophy that... Sexy Lexi. If I, if I can't have love, no one can. <laughs> But he has That's Otis. What... I don't know why he doesn't think he has no love. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
stop. Look out, started Raj. That got Look really out. awkward really fast. Look out, started Raj. You got a rival couple, uh, couple here. <laughs> My lord. Yes, for those of you who watch the Big Bang Theory, you know what I'm talking uh, about. So are we ready to move on to? Yeah, I think it's ready to move on to a movie and something a little less weird. Yeah. Because this discussion's getting odd. But I hope you enjoyed that Smallville edition this week. Uh, Batmobile introduction. Awesome, Brian. Yes. Way to combine both movies. Awesomeness of the Batmobile. Well, and definitely definitely the coolest thing I saw all week. And the artwork of the Batmobile is really cool. Nice combo between the actual 89 movie and the new Batmobile. Yeah. In in Dark Knight. Uh, The back wheel, very similar to the Tumblr. But the front of the car and the rest of it, very similar to the 89 car. So very nice touch and artwork on that. And also... And the fins on the back are like the animated series one. Yeah, and it actually looks quite a bit like the the one in the the season four episodes. Yeah. The it even reminds me a little bit of the one from The Batman, too. Yes. Which is a show I enjoyed, but... Yeah, and the, and the Batman was a fusion of the Night Soccer Batmobile and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 Batwing or whatever they call it in this. Have you ever seen like that Batmobile documentary? Like... Yes. The one the CW did? Yes. One of the things they say on that is one of the coolest things ever. Cause they're like the part when you write for Batman or redesign Batman, the coolest then the best part about it is redesigning the Batmobile. And I would definitely agree because that's gotta be like the funnest part. Well, was this Chris Cross that did this issue? Yeah. Yeah, he had to have a great time doing this. Yeah, Chris Cross is back for the next few ones, I think. Yeah. You know, he he's someone, I don't know if he has a Twitter, he's someone we should seek out and talk to. We should talk to some of the artists. Maybe we Brian should. can hook us up. Maybe. We'll still talk to Brian, though. We're not going to, you know, knock you off because we love talking to Brian. He's great. But, but the artists are just as important in this aspect. So. Yes, I agree. And, and I want to... We glorify Brian, but they also deserve credit as well. So with that, we're going to move on to talking about another piece of impressive animated artwork. And that's Batman and the Mask of the Phantasm. And you guys, go ahead, Michael. Well, I was just going to say, and with this, guys, you may need to pause our episode so you can get your copy of Batman and the Mask of Phantasm ready. Because yes. when we say play, when we say go, we're going to hit play on the movie and we're going to start watching. Right. So this is like our commentary episodes, if you listen to those, for the Marvel films as well as um, the Batman movies. So we're going to yeah. be doing this. Um, get your copy ready. Mine's set at three seconds, and that's with... Uh, Warner Brothers Family Entertainment logo in the middle of the screen. Okay. Does that work for you, Michael? Yes. That's where I have mine now, too. And I'm watching it via digital copy via iTunes. Okay. So, and I'm watching it via DVD. Okay. So it seems like we're on the same page, then. I think I think we're good. It's okay. three seconds in. It says WB Family Entertainment. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, I want to make and sure. It's still on the screen, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. But there's no Bugs Bunny or anything like that there. No. It's just a regular logo. Okay. So, everyone, three seconds. Let's do that. We're going to count all together. Three, 
two, two one, one, play. Um, there's da, Bugs Bunny. Da, yes, there is Bugs Bunny. He's there. Yes, he is. Oh, now we go into the awesome Shirley Walker music. Yes. With really old CGI. Intense. This was impressive when I was a kid. I saw this movie actually in theaters. Got one of the few people that did that. You are so lucky. But this was amazing. Because, you know, you watched it every week on TV. And to see a CGI version of the show you were watching every week, it was like, whoa. It was like, this show has gotten like 10 times better. And, and they I, actually add a choir. Yes. And I, I gave them a lot of credit for it. I mean, they really cranked this up to movie scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they knew what they had was big. Now, Bruce Timm's intention was always to make this a direct-to-video movie. Uh, they brought it... But they to, wanted it in theaters, right? It impressed the WB people so much that they wanted this in the theaters. Okay. And actually, Bruce Timm said he moved around some of the storyboard plot lines um, to make it feel more epic for a feature film. That is awesome. But Bruce he, W. Timm. Yes, he gave it to them knowing that it wasn't going to do all that great in theaters. And that is kind of the case of what happened. And well, because didn't it come out the same time Batman Returns did too? Yes, and it was a limited release. Oh, yeah. Because it was only there for like a month, right? Yeah, so that kind of killed it. But video sales were unbelievable. Like Bruce Tim assumed it would be. Oh, they still are. Yes. Now, did you see Batman Returns then in theaters? No, I did not see that film in theaters. But you did see this one. My parents wouldn't let me see PG-13 movies in the theater at the time because I was like four or five. But this was PG. So this was kind of the compromise to me not being able to see uh, Batman Returns. Oh, and it's a good compromise. Well, and that's what Batman the Animated Series always was, was the compromise. Because I loved Batman, and I was so mad I didn't get to see Batman Returns. But I'll tell you this story. I saw, I finally saw Batman Returns about two years later, and I liked this better than Batman Returns. And I always yeah. have. Yeah, I agree with you. So there. I was like, oh, well, I guess I wasn't really missing much. And I think that made me a better Batman fan because of it. Or know how to tell good Batman stories because of that. I think you're definitely right. Well, and this is, isn't this also the first time they actually kill people in an animated Batman cartoon? Yes. And that's because it wasn't on TV. And this is just awesome. Oh, this was a new character, too. I, I was blown away by this. Um, as a kid, I wanted to see more of Batman versus the Phantasm. Because he was such a... I mean, just look at this. Yeah, I know. Such an iconic villain. I mean, just how he's drawn and how he's looked and how he came out of the shadows. And then seeing these guys come up with a villain... That was completely original to the series. Yeah. Was amazing. Well, and a scary one at that. I know, it was scary. I mean... Like, did you freak out as a kid? 
No, but to see a villain as dark as Batman, I was fascinated by this. I was just like, I've got to see how this is going to play out, you know? Because the Joker is such an opposite of Batman. Yeah. To see a villain that was the same, I was really intrigued by it. And I still believe there's a lot of potential for a character like the Phantasm. I've I've wanted for years to introduce the Phantasm to the comics and have Batman do, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to hate this for me. I love the Hush concept, but I think it's more interesting to have Batman face off against a love from his past instead of a best friend. And I don't disagree with you. I, I actually don't disagree with you because I think it's, I don't know. I don't know how to put it exactly. I think there's more emotion in it. Yeah. If it's a love interest, I think it hurts him more if it's a love interest. Well, I've, I've always wanted to see a story with Catwoman and Phantasm. That would be awesome. I think it would be interesting. Because it's the two women that tempt him going against each other. It would be interesting to see how it would all come down. Yeah. We love Alfred. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he says that. I love Kevin Kevin Conroy. And it was so weird going to the theater and seeing this. It would be like, what I watch on TV is on the screen. This is crazy. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And it is. I mean, they they just did what they were good at with this show in this movie. Oh, yeah. Totally when they make a movie based on a TV show, they try to do things way outside the box or way different than they normally do. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like that they did with the Simpsons movie. And this was just like they just went with what they knew worked for their show. I didn't try to change things or go overboard. Yeah. And in fact, go ahead. Oh, mine was kind of off something else. So keep going. Well, and I thought it made their show better because they could get away with things. They could not TV. Like killing people, as we said. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that really would always throw me off about this movie is because, because I saw the Batman Superman movie before this, yeah. I would always get confused with the voice of Andrea versus Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. I didn't so, realize that they were the same until then. See, because as a kid, it confused me. Yeah. Because I'm like, it do- they don't look like the same person, but they have the same voice. That's why I feel like that they never had the Phantasm come back again. Well, they had her come back in the the comics, yeah, that's based off of the animated series, loosely based off the animated series. Yeah, and she has a really cool story arc with the the False Face Society. But um, that, is that in the comics? Yes, with okay. Black Mask, they, it was a really cool arc actually. But I, I wish it would have been on screen. Now, was that Batman Adventures comic? Yes. Okay. Yes. But, so it was, it was based off of season four of the animated series. Yeah, okay. By the way, the girl that just uh, 
through the wine in Bruce Wayne's face earlier on. Mm-hmm. That's the one little discrepancy with the show because she is animated differently in on the show compared to this movie. I don't think anyone would have realized that. Uh, I, I do because I so obsessed with continuity with the show. <laughs> Once they did the canvas arc, I, uh, Justice League Unlimited, I started tying everything together. Nice. And so that's the one little thing that's off is her because she's animated differently on Batman the Animated Series. Nice. But you could just think it's a different person. Because well, I don't think you call her by name. Yeah. That's what I would think. I like how young he looks here. Yeah, I was glad they did that. They drew him a bit younger. He kind of looks a little bit like Dick Grayson. A little bit. <laughs> Same voice, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Love that. And this kind of got me excited when Scott Snyder's Batman comics started doing stories that took place like during this time period. Because I'm like, oh, it's like Batman the Animated Series. It's well, the Mask of the Phantoms. It's kind of awesome. Yes. Well, in the way they have all the characters portrayed in the current comics, it's very much like they were in the show. Yeah, I agree. And I think Scott Snyder knows that because he's a big fan of Batman Beyond. Yeah. Well, so, which is in the same continuity. you got to be a fan of the whole thing. Right. Exactly. He references the animated series a lot. Yeah. The love story of this movie works really good. For a kid's movie, yeah. Well, and I give Bruce Tim a lot of credit because they the Catwoman episode was fantastic, too. I mean, they write love stories very well. Mm-hmm. They write Batman love stories very well. I think that's something that they've done really well in Young Justice as well. Yes. Maybe even Green Lantern in the animated series, but that's because it's Bruce Tim. But but here they make you ship so bad for like <laughs> Batman and Catwoman, Batman and Andrea, even Batman and Wonder Woman on Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. Was just like, oh my god. They do it so well. But I will say, the one with him and Andrea, I bought up until the gang stuff. And then I didn't really care anymore. I'll be completely honest. What, what do you mean gang stuff? Well, like the stuff we see later in this movie with uh, her father being the boss. Oh, yeah. Like once it got to there and once we saw the Joker. Well, and I think it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to not work. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and it's Batman coming to the realization this was never going to happen. Yeah. And I love this. Yes. I know, that's so great. And this reminded me of that Red Hood gag in the um, new Scott Snyder Batman issue. Issue zero. Yeah. It's a lot like this. That's true. <sighs> That's pretty violent for a kids movie. Yeah. Well, they never. This was never intended to be written as a kids movie. I mean, they've never written any shows as kids anything. No, that's true. But the the stuff they get away with the guns and stuff, 
And this, they could have never done that on the real show. The funny thing about Bruce in this um, movie while he's, you know, kind of becoming the proto-Batman. Yeah. Is that he's actually kind of personable as his vigilante persona. Yes. Like he says, excuse me to the officer and all that. Well, I find that pretty funny. This is, this is how he becomes Batman. Like almost the darkness inside of him is created. Yeah. And I think this is the first time he realizes the notion that he's going to end up alone, you know? Yeah. And that's what's so sad. I'm not completely alone in this universe because he still has Terry. Right. Well, that's why we ship for him so bad. Or, Or love the character of Terry so much in Batman Beyond is because we want him to have companionship. We don't want him yeah. to be alone. That's the thing. That's what this show has done so well. And even in this movie, you want him to have the relationship because you don't want him to be alone. Right. And I think Alfred plays a big part in this movie at the end with this idea that he's not going to be alone. Someone will keep coming to you know, be there and fill the void. Well, and that's one of the things you and I love so much about the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Is that once his mission was done, I mean, he was done. And he and Catwoman shared a life. Yeah. Where we're going to. <laughs> oh, he got lucky there. <laughs> yeah, I love how they do that. It would have been so easy to make him you know, just kick butt. Because that's what they're used to doing. You know, Batman's on top of things. But to make, have him have a close call and them do it so well, it was great. Mm-hmm. And I love how they slip in Bullock that he was there the first time. Yes. Rugby. And this is a great throwback to the episodes where he fights his uh, ninja rival. Yes. <laughs> Because this takes place before? No, I think after. Okay. Because he didn't know how to fight when he first got there. The only thing is he looks older in those flashbacks, though. Oh, maybe. Than he does here. Well, maybe he goes there. Maybe that's after Andrea leaves. Yeah. then Then he leaves because he has nothing to keep him there. Right. Jujutsu. <laughs> and then she throws him. <laughs> That's how he knows it's her. And then, yeah, nice. Self-defense class. You know, is it interesting how she looks like Barbara, too? Kind of, yeah. Just throwing that out there. And then Alfred comes out. <laughs> I feel so bad for Alfred. Like he's happy for him. He's like, oh. Alfred has no one though. That's well, he has Leslie. Yeah, but that's about it. That's why I was satisfied with the Dark Knight Rises, because <laughs> Alfred got what he wanted. Do you know that's that? true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't care if Bruce was happy or not. Alfred like, was happy. Yeah, I brought a smile on my face. I'm like Alfred, yes. The man got a happy ending. 
I was still mad that he wasn't in more of the movie that he was in. God. But it makes sense why he wasn't. That's one thing I hope Bruce Tim never ever does. Because write the write the story where Alfred dies. They would probably have me cry. I'm not kidding. I would definitely. They make an animated movie just based off that. That would be a killer. I would die. Well, or or a movie about how Barbara and uh, Batman's relationship fell apart. That would be a that, depressing one too. Nah, I'd be okay with that because that's still kind of creepy to me. Yeah, it's weird. She should be with Dick Grayson. I agree. It's still yeah. It's still just yeah. That's one question I'd ask him about. I'd be like, yeah, if we, why did you do that? Again, we're kind of more going over Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Than we are the actual movie. movie. But, you know, it ties in. Yeah, I mean. And we have like two other, two or three other movies that tie into Batman the Animated Series anyway, so. It's like once you get started on Batman the Animated Series, your brain just goes talking all over the place. And I, okay, now I do like that they use the voice of the Phantasm. I do like that it's the same guy who does the voice of the father. Yes. As well, I think she was trying to do that on purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was a good creative call as well. Yes. Because it really got people thinking. Well, the you couldn't even get a woman's was... voice to be that scary. Well, you could. <laughs> I bet you could. If you tried really hard. Yeah. I, one of the killers about this movie for me was... Cool. I got the action figure of Phantasm before I saw the movie. Okay. And you know how the action figure, you could take the hood off? Yes. And it shows you who she is? Oh. I was so mad. See, I didn't know when I saw it. I had no idea. Again, as a kid, I didn't really get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand the pain of her loss and why she did what she did when I first saw it. I agree with that. I didn't either. Because as a kid, I was like, oh, it's the girlfriend? What? That's kind of lame. It didn't work as well as the Catwoman concept did on the show for me as a little kid. But as I got older, I, I appreciated it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this movie would have done a lot better in theaters if it was about four or five years later. I agree. Because I, I just don't think Batman the Animated Series got to the big respected level that it is today well it was only in it's like first season maybe going on season two then yeah, it was season two yeah and and for us i think it was um it's my age group as the real big advocators of this show yeah and i think we didn't get it entirely when Ouch. we were kids to get it to be what it was today right so i think that's where they kind of went wrong with this is it just wasn't what it was today. And really, if they re-released this in theaters, I think it would do quite well. I think yeah, I think it would, too. Or if they just said, well, we're going to do a new story, you know, another Batman story. Yes. Call this guy. This guy was such a tool. <laughs> I was really surprised they did connect this to like Rupert Thorne got some of that stuff. Yeah, but then you would have had to kill Rupert Thorne and they wanted to keep him. Yeah, that's true. He's, yeah, because he's in a major story arc. But I, I, was, I was surprised that he was he didn't make an appearance in this movie. 
Yeah, I am too, actually. Like that. I'm surprised we didn't get anything from Penguin either. Because I'm surprised Batman did go to them and be like, "Are you involved?" Yeah. Well, at this point in the animated series, Penguin wasn't so involved with the mob. I felt like that more happened when he set up the Iceberg Lounge. Okay. I would I would assume they would want to promote Penguin though because of Batman Returns being out. Yeah. Because they're out at the same time. They never really liked having to do that version of the Penguin. The Batman Returns? Yeah, because they, they told him, like... They they basically told him that he had to be, like, the Batman Returns version on the show. And Bruce Tim wanted to make him more of the businessman like he is in Season 4. He wanted to make mm-hmm. him more like he's in the comics. And they wanted to make the Penguin kind of gross. See, I, I was actually okay with how they did it in the first three seasons of Batman, the animated series. And they, and they were too, I mean, just that's not what they wanted to do exactly. I mean, they did the best they could with what they were told to do. But they yeah. did not want that. They had a different vision for him. <laughs> that Crap. He disappears so quickly. He was walking away. He's good. Yeah, he knew. Crap. Yeah, he just kind of... He's like, whoops. Well, nobody else ever goes out there. Yeah. Ever. Yes. She does look like Lois Lane from there. That's so creepy. Yes. How do you not see him? I'm just expecting a giant Joker blimp to come flying up. I know. I would never be able to, like, die in a building in Gotham because I'd always be afraid of a Joker blimp. Because they're everywhere. Well, that only happens in Metropolis, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. That shot is really cool right here. Yes. I like the haze to it. Yeah. And then flashback. That must have cost him quite a bit of money to do that one. Because you didn't see a lot of shots like that on the show. Yeah. See, this place was cool, too. Does it, these are all the designs for Metropolis. Yeah. They they used a lot of this for Metropolis. That's uh, well, a great series. Metropolis was always supposed to be a more futuristic city anyway. Well, don't they call it the, the city of tomorrow? Yeah. So, look, it's Metropolis. They're in Metropolis before Superman. They're all in... Future... That song gets stuck in your head. It's a small world after. I could see Paul Dini like come in and just like play that music on on the people to just mess with their heads. Like to give Bruce Tim a hard time. Yes. Welcome to the house of the future. Oh look at that Batmobile design. Yeah, isn't it cool? 
the cool thing about that is the original Batmobile looked kind of like that, and it was red and everything. So I love the throwback. Yes. I also wish that you know what would be kind of cool is if that guy from the mechanic episode was yes. right there. Yes. Which is a Penguin episode. But I think they wrote that episode after this movie, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. But that would have been Because it was season cool. three, right? Yeah. Like if he bumped into him and asked, you know, like, hey, that's a cool car kind of thing. Yeah. She really does look like Barbara Gordon in that. With Let's Lois see. Lane, though. It's it's, it's like a weird. combination. I know. It's like Lois's face and body with Barbara's hair and then Lois's voice. Yeah. It's it's like really throwing me off. Which well, it makes sense. I mean It makes sense that that's what he would be attracted to. Yeah. Like like Batman would I I always think Bruce Wayne would always be attracted to Lois Lane. The only problem is Lois Lane wouldn't get the darkness inside of him. That's true. That's that's the one thing. She she looks for people who have more of a positive, open outlook on the world. I mean, that's why she has that thing for Clark because he inspires her to become better. Yeah. And I don't know if Batman necessarily does that. Well, because like he says in the Superman Batman movie, which we'll do eventually, he says that she made him better. Right. But not the other way around. Right. Mr. Vallesi. But he doesn't freak me out. They make him scary, but he's he's not that scary. No, he's not. Not compared to what's outside the door. Yeah. Right there. There he is. (laughs) They do it so well. They do. They do. It's so is. bad. Uh, and I should have known right away as soon as I saw him. That but no one, no one connected it together. It is. It's the greatest payoff ever. And expect some kind of payoff like that to happen with uh, Death of the Family. That's Agreed. all I'm going to say. There's going to be some crazy twist about Joker from the past. There's, There's got to be. Yep. Batman issue zero. That's all I got to say. And Batman it's issue a... 13. Yes. Yes. I have a feeling they're all going to play into each other. Absolutely. Anyhow. I really do like this scene. Yeah, it is a good scene. Well, it's just cool. Like, that is awesome, the slow-mo. Yes. Well, they got these pre-Batman scenes just right. Yeah. I mean, they knew just how well enough to hold back on everything. To prove he's not the, you know, 
Batman. Yeah. And how has the money not fallen out of that yet? Uh. Okay. <laughs> well, he's embarrassed. I mean, he let his parents yeah. down kind of thing. Just, he's having a brain fart. Hmm. And see, this is the beginning of their relationship beginning to unravel. Yep. And this is where the attraction to Catwoman comes through because she she can hold her own. Yeah. She's not going to worry. Well, and the same with Talia and Wonder Woman, right. too. And even Lois, to an extent. They're strong enough that he doesn't have to face that guilt. And that's where the dilemma is. But see, the weird part is their attraction is that they have the same sort of desire for vengeance. And them. Do you know that? Who? Batman and... Yeah, yeah Andrea. Oh. Yeah. Because it's, it's like she... Even though she didn't know it yet, she still had his darkness within her. Yeah. You know? This scene is really heartbreaking because he, he really does not want to do what he knows he has to do. God, it's so bad when he says, I I didn't count on being happy. Yeah. And he's never really happy after this. No. And that's such a killer. Oh. Uh, so bad. Well, see, the freaky part is they probably did send her. So he'd have the strength to become Batman. You know, yeah. that's what's weird. Yes, it is. See, would it have been interesting to have a Nightwing's devil advocate kind of speech in this, too? Yeah. See, you know. I hate that guy. Because it is the idea with the Batman universe, there's so many characters that. Um, have that desire of vengeance in them, but they have different ways of going about it. Yeah. You know, and Dick is so, Dick and as a Nightwing is so different on how he goes about it versus Batman versus the Phantasm in this. Yeah. You know, the Phantasm or Andrea gets Bruce's desire for vengeance. But she's taking it to the extreme. That's true. And it's weird. It's like they've con- that's how they connected it because they like noticed each other's, I guess, attraction to darkness, I guess is the best way to say it. O'Neill funding. Danny O'Neill. Yes. 
and Adams, Neil Adams. Love it. Because that was around the time in the comics where they were writing, or just yes. getting off the writing. Salvatore Valestra. That's kind of an awesome name. No kidding. They're like, we got, we want a, a name that Kevin Conroy is going to sound awesome saying. <laughs> Salvatore Valestra. I love that. Love it. It's Alfred Uncut. <laughs> I don't know if he could have said that on the, the TV. I don't know. Their relationship has always been really well done on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. The two actors do very well with each other, talking to each other. Actually, one of Alfred's best scenes of the entire series is in... Uh, the, is at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, in the cave? Yes. That's one of the best Alfred scenes they've written on the whole series. Yeah, I agree. Now, is that Wayne Manor? Yes. Okay, because that's a weird angle. Well, it's weird seeing it that bright. Yeah, that's it. It's always dark. And that I forget, was the point. What, what state do they say Gotham is in? Isn't what? it like New Jersey? Yeah, it's somewhere on the East Coast. Oh. Do you know the reason why they did this in, in the daylight? Is that the, the bats coming out. That contrast. Yeah. And if you notice, this is the brightest we've seen Wayne Manor in the whole series. Yep. Yeah. When he he's was, happy. Yep. Yeah. God, look, it even gets a little bit darker. Yep. Yeah. That is so coloring. creepy. That is just creepy because that is so, like, in your face. Like, well, no, it's like, it's that's coming. not what you have to do. It's, it's like an omen almost. It is. Like, this is going to happen. Yep. It's almost like the, the fear of the bats he had before his parents were killed in Batman uh, begins. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that kind of thing. Yeah. And notice how it all ties into the Joker, too. Of course it does. It's like they're always connected. Always. Yeah, it's... Uh... He does not look like the Joker there, though. I know, but look at him look at each other. I love it. It's like he almost knows this guy is a problem. Yeah, but he doesn't. So, ah. Oh, it's, it's creepy. This is bad. Surprised he didn't burn it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you get... Like a... That is so sad. Like, I cried, I think, the first time I saw that. It's no, I didn't. Not as a kid. But I cried later. It's... When I understood. He showed his parents. And... It's kind of mean. It's kind of like his parents are like, ha ha, I told you so. <laughs> but do you think this is the reason why he ruined Dick's relationship with Barbara? 
No. To make him stronger? Well, maybe. I, I don't think he did it consciously. I think he did it subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because he he wants Dick and Barbara both to be happy themselves. But at the same time. Yeah. I love Alfred's reaction to that. He's really... What did you notice how the utility belt, it matches the one that they showed in the flashbacks of him early in his career with, like, when Dick became Robin and stuff? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. And I love how they just set it up as, oh, they're bringing him in because he's the only one who could take out Batman. Yeah. You know, like, you don't even think of the connection. No. You're just like, oh, he's going to the Joker because, well, he's the only one that's crazy enough. It's kind of how, like, Lex Luthor went to him in the... um, Justice League episode. Yep. Yep. Without even thinking. Yep. <laughs> well, that's what uh, Paul Dini thinks of the future. That's <laughs> where he wrote these seeds. God. Weasel Lestra. I love Mark Hamill's Joker. I know. It's just... It works so well on the animated series because he's almost... Mark Hamill almost plays him like a twisted cartoon character. Yeah, like, screw Luke Skywalker. If I met him, I'd be asking about the Joker. (laughs) He's He's like a Looney Tunes character gone evil. Yeah. Because, like, in those cartoons, they're always funny because you're like, oh, they're just a cartoon character. They can't really get injured. Here, it's like he's actually killing the guy while he's pulling the comedic Looney Tunes jokes. Yeah. And I love they kept the Joker theme. Yes. In in this. I was a little surprised we didn't see Harley. Harley would have not worked here. I agree. Also, I think this is before Harley. (laughs) I think this is before Harley. Harley was big yet on the show, Michael. That could be true as well. Because she was an unnamed character in her first appearance. Oh, yeah. So this might have been before Harley took off. That's true. But really, I think she would have gotten away of the dynamic between Batman, Andrea, and the Joker. I agree. And it needed to be a personal fight between Batman and the Joker. Harley needed to get out of the way. Which is maybe why in Scott Snyder's Death of the Family, he gets her out of the way real quick. Yeah. Well, it's kind of developed in the comic books to a point that Harley's become her own separate villain now. Yeah. She's almost finding found an identity separate from the Joker. But still reliant on him. And I wouldn't count her out totally in this Death of the Family story. She might be the key in him getting defeated. Well, I know there are, I think, two issues of Suicide Squad that tie into Death of the Family that she stars in. Yeah. But... 
I love it. How this Kui turns red with his anger. Mm -hmm. They because they had that movie budget, they could do so much more with the Joker. This guy is so Italian, it's not even funny. <laughs> oh, that's such a freaky shot. But then it but then it sits there for like a second. God. It's creepy. Well, they could make the Joker as scary as they wanted to be. Because it was a kid's show. Oh, this guy. He's a creeper. He is so... I swear that they only created this guy for the Joker scene. Probably. Because they knew it would be scary as all get out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's interesting how she's not afraid of him. Yeah. Because she has the same darkness inside of her, which is interesting. Yep. I like that. Now, did Catwoman... Did Catwoman jump when he would sneak up behind her? I think a few times. Okay. I can read lips. And And that's the difference because... Okay. She's not filled with hate. But that's not true because she left with her father. But that's what makes a good villain. Yeah, you go cry. You threw away your life. You made Batman be alone. Go cry. I don't think she ever thought she'd run into him. She came back to Gotham. What did she expect? Yeah, her, but her, her villainy. Oh, I love how the smoke follows him, like into that window. I, but I just love what this happens so here. Good. It's so awesome. Because you're like, oh. And you realize why he's the scariest villain in the DC animated universe. Exactly. Doesn't Joker think that's from Batman, though? Yes. Or think that it's Batman? Yes, he sets it off like it's Batman. But then when he finds out it's not him, it's like, oh. This has got an interesting... It almost makes him more excited that now he's got two masked people to go after. Yeah. Yes, the Batwing. Yes. I want to know why he didn't use that little claw that he had in the Clayface episode. Oh, yeah. On on Phantasm. He probably didn't have it yet. Yeah, that's probably true. He He decided to be good after this. Yeah, he's like, oh... I made this mistake once. And she looks like she's running at super speed. Or Phantasm does. Well, I think she trained herself. See, I, I wish right we would there. have seen more of a Batman Phantasm fight. 
like them really fight each other. I think partially they didn't do that because it's revealed she's a girl. Uh, he fights Catwoman pretty good, though, in that first episode. This is very year one. Yeah, I liked it, though. Yeah. Well, they, you know, this is a big opportunity. They've never really got an opportunity to do a big rope, uh, a big rooftop chase on the animated series because they didn't have time. Yeah. You know, there's only so much you could do in a half an hour. With 20 minutes. More, yeah, with them having more time, they really could go all out. Yeah, because, I mean, we still have a half hour of a right. movie left. And that's what, I mean, Bruce Tate was, like, wanting to do this because he knew they could really tell a good story if they had more time. Hello, Bullock. I love it that Bullock's there. Because at this point in the series, he was so against Batman. It yep. was disgusting. Because especially the Bad Bad episode. Oh, yeah. This is still around that time. Cause this yeah, is see, before... this is your one right here. Yeah. Well, and this is before the Killer Croc episode, where Batman saves him. Oh, yeah. So... So you could you could kind of see the story development of the animated series in these scenes. Yeah. <laughs> they gave Bullock, Bullock some good Bullock seeds. Bullock kind of reminds me of Kilowog, actually. He kind of is. They're kind of the same character, just one's human and one's an alien. Now, this is me as a kid when there was blood. I mean, that yes. really made me feel the intensity of the situation. Because there's never blood on Batman the Animated Series. No. Except I think there's blood in the uh, season the four. Bad episode. At season four, what episode is that? I think they have like red blood lines in season four. Okay. That was a cool trick. Yes. Run! I actually Run, used this scene. Michael, I used this scene in my graphic novel. Oh, really? Well, it's close to it. The awesome. end of it is. How it plays out at the end. That's part. That is awesome. That's where Oh, yeah, that's from. right. You do. That's right. Yep. I remember now. Wow, for a fat guy, he really can run. Oh, he was very sweaty. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't right, care much at this point. I think right now he knows something's up. That's true. Yeah. 
his partner. Unless, do you think he has a soft spot for her and he doesn't, because paranoia is immune to her? Immune to who? To um, Andrea. Batman's? Yeah. I don't know. Because he's always paranoid about everybody and just, they can't decide that about this movie. What was he in debt with him for? Something with his business. Because they don't really talk about it. I think he says something right after this. Because she says, who do we owe money to? See. Yeah, but they don't talk about why. Yeah. Okay. What is a kids' movie? Because <laughs> they want to. I want to. But I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why she just didn't go to like Bruce and be like, hey, okay. Help me. Or something. You'd think. Yeah. But essentially in that instance it's like um, her her parents were killed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She lost the man she she loved. Shocking. I think he's just so blinded by the fact that he loved her so much that he doesn't even want it to register. And I think he wants a way out. <laughs> Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants a way out, too. You're right. You know, and, and, he, and he wants imagine. to believe it's her father. Yeah. That's what the shame is. Batman has hope. Okay, that's a light shot away manner. But see, but that's it's, because she's there again. Yeah, it's only because she's there. <laughs> It's only because she's there. So I can't can only imagine what they did in that night. But it just makes the Joker conflict in this universe so much more. She's not even wearing pants. <laughs> Sorry. It's not a cartoon. Oh, it makes the Joker conflict so bad. I know. Imagine what Scott Snyder's going to pull in the comics now. Well, and you could just feel the rage in Return of the Joker because of it. 
too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. God, I think this movie went a long way into escalating on the conflict with the Joker. I really think that's why it's such a profound thing on Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Because, of, because of this. I mean, this is powerful. And I think it's almost more powerful than taking out a Robin. Yeah. Even though this universe did both. So maybe that makes it worse. This is nuts. I know. I love it. the laugh at the end. Oh. The laugh always makes me cringe anyway. Yeah. That's the best use of it. Oh, the series. Right there, he knew. Yep. He went, oh, no. And this show does that so well. Oh, with the Joker. No. Oh. They, they took that right out of Laughing Fish. Yes. I love that. Having the trench coat and the. Oh. <laughs> this is this is the thing Batman the Animated Series gets. They know they get the concept of the Joker always wanting to have the last laugh. And he yeah. always does in their reveals that involve him. I love how he uses his middle finger. You couldn't do that on TV either. Nope. Yeah. This is Dee Dee unhinged. I swear he wrote all these seeds. He is a sick mind. Yeah. Because they all worked on this together. Oh, yeah. Him, Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett. Yep. The three of them are definitely um, that trinity of Batman. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Mr. Reeves. <laughs> I love it. You devil. <laughs> love it. I love the humor they bring to the Joker. The spot of his loins. Where do they get this dialogue? This is so creepy. I know, the lightning is off. Oh. oh. And what is he doing to him? I just kind of his disturbing. face laughing. Oh my god. Scott uh, Snyder, uh, have your artist look at this. I'm sure he has. Those frames. Greg Capulo has definitely looked at this. And this is scary, too. This scared me when I was a kid. You know, oh, you asked it? me if the Phantasm was scary. This was scary. See, this didn't freak me out as much, because remember, I saw a Batman Superman movie before this. What? Yeah. 
I don't care. This is the freakiest the Joker is on this show. Well, maybe maybe Return of the Joker. Yeah, I guess in the flashback. That that scene, I'll tell you in Return of the Joker, we'll talk about it when we watch that. That scene hit me hard emotionally. Oh my gosh. To the point I had to stop the tape when I was watching it. And then here comes Batman. I love that. I love that. Oh no. He's scared he can't stop. That's horrifying. It is. Like. Oh. Oh, man. I wonder why. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. This guy's not helping. Well, they pay off this seat really well. Because he deserved it. Yeah. Like, it's it's horrible, but they, I mean, it was well-deserved. I mean, it's a justified thing. I think even the Joker thought that was low. Probably. <laughs> this is kind of This is another intense too. Joker moment. The babe. Uh. Hello, Guano Man. <laughs> Go, he calls him Guano Man. <laughs> uh. the Joker face. Yes. Oh, I love this. Every time there's an explosion, he's laughing. He's been disconnected. Oh. It's such a bad joke, but it works. But it's so funny. They, they can't... You know, that's the one thing Ledger's Joker didn't do. He was all creepy and psycho and scary, but he couldn't play off bad jokes like that, you know. And those. I mean, he was he was funny, but he not like that kind of. He was more of a physical funny. Yeah. But Mark Hamill does it all through dialogue. That's terrible. There should have been a laugh. I love how she knows who he is. Right away. Yeah. But that grin. I love this concept. The robot? Yes. 
Good chopping up the baloney. They're like, what if we gave the Joker a robot? How much fun could we have with that? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even scare him. No. Nope. It's like, what? <laughs> you can teach old bats a thing or two. <laughs> That's funny. I can't believe she's this overconfident. She thinks she could take out the Joker. I know. I was kind of mad that that thing went down pretty quick, though. Because that was a really cool weapon. Yeah. But it it was to not take away from. Ooh. They wanted to do that. They knew that some woman had to kick him in the. Because Batgirl wouldn't do that. No. Nope. Well, Batgirl might in the comic now. Well, yeah. He did paralyze her. Which means we might see a revenge scene. Hits her with salami. Maloney. He's jumping out a window and he's laughing. He likes to jump out of things. That's crazy. But we know this. He's so... Uh, and the echoey laugh. That's so... Outstanding. She's like Nightcrawler. She can teleport anywhere. Yeah, I wonder how that works. Smokey the babe. This is a cool idea. This scene was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think they could have afforded to do this on that, the show either. What do you mean afford it? They don't have to actually pay for it. You just draw it. Well, I mean, the, the frames, and, and a lot of this, believe it or not... They'd have to outsource to a animation company in China or Japan or someplace like that to draw some uh, of the effects, like the spinning the spinning blade, and like the background stuff with the you know the garbage blowing. Okay, I see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it costs quite a bit of money to do certain shots, believe it or not. Which is kind of hard to believe, but well, and it's, I guess and it makes it's sense. silly stuff. Like, close-ups are more expensive sometimes. It's amazing what's expensive on these kind of shows. No kidding. Now they can get away with a lot more because they can use computers a lot easier. Yep. This was all hand-drawn stuff. That's true. Do you see he yells at her very differently than he does the other bad guys? He's almost disappointed. Oh, he's definitely disappointed. (laughs) 
See, and that's like what I was saying earlier. He's not in it for revenge or vengeance. He's right. in it to help other people. Yeah. And that's why And that's why I think there's so much potential for a villain like Phantasm. Why he needs to go up against her more. Because it escalates the Joker conflict because he caused it. And you have someone that wants to essentially do what Batman wants, what the Joker wants Batman to do to him, which is kill him. So she makes him question that. Plus, she goes after well, what does vengeance mean? You know, is what you're doing really vengeance? And make him debate his actions, so that's interesting. Yeah, but I don't know if you necessarily need her to go up against him again, because I think this would be enough in that instance. Yeah, I just think, I think there's, I think there's more you could play with with that kind of stuff. It's Godzilla. This fight is awesome. When I saw this on the trailer, I was like, how the heck does this work? That they're bigger than the city. <laughs> like, I'm like, what it, goes it's on It's Tokyo. And then when I saw it, I realized, oh, it's a fair. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And this is a lot like what they do in Spider-Man. With the uh This is one of the bombs. more unique fight scenes they've had on this show. Yes. They really do a lot of stuff that's impressive. Absolutely. I mean, they really went all out with the action on this one. Oh, yeah. Not that they haven't lived up to these, a scene like this. With Star Cross the movie and some of those things. Yeah, but this is hand-drawn. That's the difference. Yeah. I couldn't believe they knocked the Joker's teeth out. That was funny. When they started that, I was like, whoa, this is going to be a rough fight. But I think it also goes to show just how ticked off he is in this. Yeah. Because he's like, you took away my chance at happiness. This is a personal fight here. This is awesome. The action figure yeah. for this thing is awesome, too. I know. But in the grand scheme of things, like, what does this fight... How is this fight a real threat to Gotham? Do you know what I mean? It's personal. It's not. Right. And that makes it so interesting. Yeah. This is such a great fight. I love anything this show does with flying. It's so awesome. 
Joker flew before Superman. And whose idea to give him a jetpack was genius. Perhaps whoever exactly. came up with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love that line where he goes, how far you want to go? Yes. He goes as far as it takes. Okay. <laughs> Uh oh. This is so bad. Okay. Well, it's frightening. I mean, the carnage of this. The Joker just starts laughing. I know. It's like he's the devil <laughs> in hell in that scene. <laughs> I'm serious. It's. I know. I agree with you. It's. That's probably the best comparison I've ever heard to it. And the choir, and oh my gosh. Oh. It's so well played off. Really, it looks like he's in hell. I know. It does. And I'm yelling like he is, and just. I mean, Batman, seeing Batman, like, yell, have his hurt yell, I mean, it's just. The emotional impact of the scene's crazy. And even this. Yeah. I think that's the clearest any Gotham water has ever looked like. Well, it's almost this idea that, like, Batman is in hell. Because all chance at happiness for him is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a glimmer of hope, which I love. And I love that. Yeah. And that's his parents protecting him there. Yep. That's awesome. Well, you know, it makes Batman face the concept that Superman had such trouble with when Jonathan Kent died. Because that he couldn't stop it. You know, this was the story of something, a crime Batman couldn't stop. Which yeah. is her falling into vengeance. But also an explanation how that moment made him stronger. Yep. And it makes you that proud that when he becomes old, kind of alone, he finds his son. Yes. Do you know? Even after all that yeah. stuff he does. And I think they left this scene here with the intention of always bringing her back. Now, did that guy not look like Archie to you right there? Yeah. Or Jughead or one Jughead, of them? Jughead. I think it's Jughead. And of course, we have to end with this. Yeah. That's awesome. 
I am fear. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I'm Batman. Yes. They had to go all out. Yes. Well, I mean, it's a, you know, Batman movies have to have a big closing Batman shot. Of that course they did. And that is just a great film. <laughs> it is. I mean, it really delves into the depth of who Batman is and what made him what he is. Mm-hmm. And pushed him into fully becoming Batman. You know, he need that, that one more step, that one more, I guess, push into becoming Batman. And it did that. And it also took the Joker struggle to a whole new level for this show to make it legendary, I guess. Absolutely. Because the Joker's taken so much from Batman. And that fight always continues. Yes. So, and what is this song? It's a song that they um, recorded just for the movie, actually. About Bruce and uh, Andrea's relationship. Oh, really? Yes. Because that's what it's listed on the soundtrack as. Uh, okay. Which I, which I do own, actually. Well, I don't own, I acquired it right and it's done by Shirley Walker does all the music she sings no it's just it's it's her music and then this song I was gonna say I'm like yeah. I didn't know that not a bad song it's kind of misleading though for a Batman movie yeah that's true like, if you were to watch this movie and then hear this in the credits, you'd be like, really? Yeah. I saw this on HBO one day. It was the credits for the movie. And and uh, somebody in my family was like, what the heck is this movie? Come on, it's Batman Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> like, what? How do you know that? That's awesome. And they're like, you, you would use this in the ending credits? I'm like, yeah. Not sure why. Yeah, it doesn't really make very much sense, does it? No. I, lo- I love how there are only nine chapters to this movie on the iTunes thing. Really? Because each chapter is like ten minutes. <laughs> There's so more. there are only nine chapters. <laughs> and this was also one of the first uses of computer animation. Yeah, like at the beginning. For a big cartoon show. See, I never I, even told I you. I never even told you. There you go. It's a song. So Look, it was on the soundtrack? Cassettes and CDs, yeah. Synthesis, Hans Zimmer. Yes. That is awesome. Is that not awesome? Yeah. How they pulled that off, I, think, I don't even I think know. He, they used him for stuff on the actual animated series the first three seasons. Really? Yeah. He's always been involved in Batman. Yeah, I guess so. 
You can't get enough. I think his name is in the credits on the episodes. I don't know. And of course, color by Technicolor. Okay. <laughs> no, who Gotta else? Gotta get no credit. 93. Because this was season two. Okay. Because the show started in 92. This was Christmas of season two. So mid-season. But wasn't it 92 in Batman? It would have been a great season finale. Wasn't it 92, though, when Batman Returns was released? Yeah, they released it in the same year. But that said 93. No, it was the... It was the... It was the... Christmas... No, when was it? Yeah, it was Christmas of 93. Yes. Batman Returns came out summer of 92. I want to say. I know it was the summer. I know it was the summer release. Came out in July. I know that for sure. I don't know uh, what year, but I know Batman Returns was a summer release, July. Because a big summer blockbuster. Opening weekend was June 19th through the 21st of 92. 92, see. Batman the Animated Series came out the fall of that year. I think, yeah. So then this was the year after when yes. when Mass the Phantasm came out. Yes. And it was originally going to be a direct-to-video film. I think that was going to come out at the end of season two. Wouldn't you think, though, that they should have released them at the same time so that people would want more Batman? Wouldn't that have been a smarter move? Yeah, I don't know if they knew the animated series was going to be that successful. I guess not. It took a while for people to find out about it because it was on Fox. And Fox was a much smaller yeah, that's true. entity back then. Well, it's not even really in existence anymore. My dad used to have to go up to the top of the house and move the antenna on my house so Fox would come in sometimes. Oh, really? Yes. That's funny. Until we got cable, yeah. That's really funny. And actually. that shows you how old I am. Yeah, no kidding. Because people are like, some of our listeners might be like, antennas, what the heck is that? I've got cable or satellite dish. See, I don't... Back when my grandma used to live in Marengo, I think sometimes she'd have to fix it. Okay. Because yeah. I'd go over there every once in a while and we'd watch her. Yeah. Well, and you started watching it a lot later, too, so... Yeah. Well, because the first Batman cartoon I think I saw on TV was Batman Beyond. And yeah, then be and they right. started doing reruns of Batman the Animated Series, so I watched those. Yep, Cartoon Network. Yep, Toonami. Yes, sir. That was the way to go. Well, anyway, you guys, um, I think that wraps up this episode for this week. We're kind of running a little long on time here. But uh, thanks for joining us for Smallville. Thanks for joining us for uh, this uh, commentary. Yeah. Great stuff. And we're going to move on to the closing now. So, Michael, you want to tell us what we're going to be doing Next week, what we're going to be recording on? Yeah, next week we're going to be recording again on Smallville Season 11, Chapter 21, which will be the last one before the print. That's Yeah, that's Detective Part 9, I believe. All right, so that means we'll be working on talking to Brian possibly again. Yes. Okay. Possibly again. So we'll be doing a better commentary based on a DC comedy movie. This 
being Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub Zero, which is another Batman based time, and yes. it takes place after Phantasm. And it's cool because it's when Robin in it and Robert Gordon and stuff like that. So we're going to be going to a lot more animated series discussion um, after that. And I so that's what we'll be doing next week. And I always consider that movie as the bridge between season three and the revamped on the Batman animated series. Batman Gotham Knights, if you want to call it, for the new Batman Superman adventures. The new Batman adventures, yeah. Because this is the last appearance of Dick Grayson as Robin. So we'll be covering Sub-Zero next week. And also, if you'd like, you guys can check out our spin-off podcast. And that's ATA Retro Reviews. And with ATA Retro Reviews, it's on hiatus till December. And it covers past television shows that either went out on their own terms or were canceled. So check that out for those things. Also, we've got uh, Michael's podcast. Longbow Hunters, the podcast brought by Cross-Zero, where Wu and I talk about new episode of Arrow. And actually today, Dan and I just had an interview with executive producer of Arrow, Mark Guggenheim. So that episode will be out soon, and that's going to be very exciting. Yes, Logbow Hunters is getting quite a bit of buzz on the internet due to the success of the first two seasons of Arrow. Got the show getting a full season pickup. So if you're excited about Arrow, want to hear more about it, check out that podcast. Also, we've got the original ATA podcast. And that covers current live-action TV series outside of Arrow. So basically, check out Arrow for all the coverage of that. Go check out ATA for the coverage of all the other live-action shows out there, including The Big Bang Theory, Castle, Once Upon a Time, the season finale of Alphas, and more. So definitely go there for all of that. Also, if you want to get a hold of us, you can visit our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. Dot com. And there you can email us at acrosstheairways at gmail.com. And if you also, if you have any crackpot theories about the things we cover on this podcast, you can leave us a voicemail. Okay, what number is that, Michael? 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. And also, if you're jonesing for some more DC Nation while it's on hiatus, you could check out our YouTube channel for a playlist of all the DC Nation shorts that have been shown during the DC Nation programming block. And also we have previews and promo, the new James Bond movie Skyfall, and the new Superman movie coming out, Man of Steel. So if you want to see what those movies are going to be like, get how awesome they're probably going to be, check out those previews on our YouTube channel. So once again, for Michael's ATA Longbow Hunters co-host Wu Kim, got my original ATA co-host Nico Rife's Tech. I'm Dan Schmidt, and I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next exciting episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will catch you all on the airwaves. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you enjoyed the movie. See ya.
Jeffster lives, man. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.